Welcome to the Tone Nine Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to follow us on social media. You can find the podcast at the Tone Nine Journey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I've recently started a YouTube channel for the podcast. And what I'm doing right now is reposting the episodes from the beginning of the podcast on there as well, just to provide everyone with a different avenue to listen to the shows. If you might not be able to listen on an app or you might be deleting this app now and you want to listen on YouTube, there's another avenue there. Also, I'm going to be doing some YouTube-only video content. So if you hit the subscribe button, you'll find out when those videos get posted. Uh, I do have a lot of plans in mind for the channel, as well as even doing live shows as well. So if you hit the subscribe button, you'll find out when the live shows happen as well. I do want to thank everyone on Instagram for following the page. I mean, it's been quite amazing to see how much support has come through on there. I think within the past couple of weeks, uh, both with more followers, with more people viewing the stories, more comments. All that's been really awesome. Really appreciate all the support, everyone. You're helping me grow the podcast. And I have, again, a lot of ideas in mind for the show that go beyond just audio content. So uh, I really appreciate that. And as I like to say, not just on this podcast, but any podcast show that I do, anytime you show your support in any way, it really motivates me to continue to grow the project, to grow this podcast. And I really appreciate all that. So let's go ahead and get started with tonight's episode, episode 24, here on the 209 Journey podcast. So tonight on the podcast is Ryan Mondragon. He's actually the owner of Sanctuary Pizza, and it is a mobile pizza catering company here in the 209 based out of Sherlock, but... He does catering events all throughout the different parts of the state. And he has 10 years of experience making pizza. And he's got quite a story to tell us all about how he got started into this uh, business of the pizza making and all the really interesting pizzas that he's been able to make here in the 209 and a lot of interesting concepts that have been introduced in maybe the Bay Area, LA, but they hadn't quite made their way here to the 209 and some that are still making their way through and that he'll continue to deliver here in the area. Welcome to the 209 journey, Ryan. How's it going? Doing pretty good. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, really happy to have you on. Uh, I know we were going back and forth and I'm glad that, that we were finally able to coordinate a time here. And like I was telling you offline, really appreciate all the support that you've given the socials for the 209 journey, you know, that goes a long ways. And you know how those things work, right? You get more likes on a post, more people see it, and I get more listens on an episode. So uh, it really helps out. I, you know, I'm, I'm here to support. I, I, I love seeing, um, I love seeing our community and Latino community, like start new businesses and give value to people here in the 209. Like I, it, just, it gets me excited and, uh, you know, I'm here to support you as, you know, as long as you go with this journey. Awesome. Thanks. Appreciate it. So before we get to the business side, you know, I want to know a little bit more about what it was for you to grow up here in the 209. Uh, I know you grew up in Sherlock, right? So kind of walk me through like what it was like growing up in Sherlock and how it's changed over time, because I know it's it's really changed, right? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I was born uh, August 29th, 1982, right? (laughs) So, you know, I I grew up in Sherlock. Uh, you know, like from what I remember is like the late 80s and the 90s. That's what, what I remember Sherlock as a youth. And, you know, and Sherlock was very small uh, at that time. You know, I think it was probably less than half what we have the population now. And, you know, and it was very rural. Like we didn't have a lot of of these like corporate stores back then. It was a lot, a lot of mom and pops, a lot of like agri- more agricultural I mean, you've probably been to Sherlock, you know, like they're off of Monte Vista, where all like the, the shopping center in and out. Like to me, that was all like orchards, cornfields, like growing up. So, you know, I and even Costco, like none of that existed when I was a kid. And, you know, slowly things started to change as I got older, like in high school. And then I moved away for for 13 years. I lived in uh, Southern California in L.A. in Orange County. And, and so that was like my, my, in my twenties, my, my young adulthood, I was, uh, living in Southern California. And then I moved back right when I turned 31 around there. 
oh that that had to be like a really like change for you right to come back yeah. and be like whoa this, yeah it's different I, I, did, I did i didn't recognize the town anymore it was so different for me and 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 it was it was definitely like a culture shock for me you know i experienced i experienced culture shock when i moved to southern california my first year living out there and the pat fast-paced life and la is such a you know just and an, a, a monster of a city you know coming from from a little town turlock it, it blew me away and uh living there again used to that lifestyle and then i moved back and it was like i have to readjust and i wasn't i wasn't um prepared for that like i thought i was <laughs> which I mean, it was kind of good for you to come back and see at least more businesses and feel like all right cool you know there's yeah yeah yeah, of, yeah yeah there was the to me it was like oh it's not too bad because you know i i like I like supporting small businesses, especially like our downtown. Downtown Turlock, when I was growing up, was not the place to hang out at. Like <laughs> it's now, there was like I mean, there were some things down there, but like no one ever went to downtown. It was like there was nothing there. A lot of the shops were empty. There was a few things there, but there was nothing there. There wasn't um, any sustenance for people to hang out like how it is now. And when I moved back, there was like coffee shops, there's bars. I'm like, oh, okay, there's there's some life here. Like I think I think I can get used to this town again, you know. Yeah, no, they they've done so much, and you know it's still growing downtown, and it makes me really happy because I, I went to Stan State for a couple of years, and it's really nice to be able to have a nice downtown that especially all the college students can go to and find some good food or find things to do around. I mean, it's it's nice to to have that and bring more people to town too, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it helps with the local economy and and uh, much uh, much more other things as well. So uh, I want to know a little bit more about your experience making pizza, right? So walk me through kind of like your background in that and then kind of like go through, you know, starting Sanctuary Pizza and how that came about. Yeah. So, um, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really start making pizza until I moved back to Turlock. So, but before, before uh, Turlock, uh, when I lived in LA, I, I did a lot of like sales jobs. I worked for a lot of small entrepreneurs kind of started a few small businesses for myself back in my youth and um, worked a lot of sales type jobs. And so I didn't really have any background in like pizza or cooking. Um, I definitely love food. I was a foodie and I did cook every once in a while, but I didn't have like the refined skills that I learned until I moved back to Turlock. And the reason why I, I, I started cooking in Turlock is because like my job didn't really exist in this town so like i did i wasn't able to go to uh to any big city at the time to to go work these jobs now now we have remote remote style jobs so that, like the, the 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 landscape of the workforce is so different back in like 2012 2013 that you know, a lot of that stuff didn't really exist you know yeah no that that wasn't around luckily you know things are changing and I think you know it's it's good, right? I mean, to have yeah. that shift, it's it helps people be like, hey, I could live anywhere and yes. work anywhere. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's it's. I think it's a great thing. Um, but yeah, just from that, you know, I I I, uh, I was approached by my friend who was a chef at a restaurant in Turlock called Ten East at the time. Um, I I think it's like something else now, but it's in downtown Turlock, and he was. Uh, he, he saw he saw me i think i saw him at a grocery store or something like that and he was like what are you doing i'm like you know i'm just just trying to figure the life out just trying to find a job and he's all you you want to work at a restaurant like i'm like man like i don't know if i ever want to work at a restaurant like, that doesn't sound fun and he's like, just do it you know you don't have to commit like you know if you don't like it then you don't have to work i'm like okay that's fine and i showed up i walked in he showed me the restaurant and i there was like a wood fire oven in the back i'm like that's kind of cool but that was like not that wasn't the day I started making pizzas, but that was where I was like, oh, like that, that, that kind of seems cool, like cooking with wood and and making like these cool style like um brick oven pizzas. And I'm like, that kind of like looked kind of cool to me. But I ended up working on the line and you know, that and then eventually I was able to learn how to make pizzas, which I was horrible at. <laughs> horrible, <laughs> you know, but that it was a start. And then the the owner of the of the the restaurant had another wood fire oven on a on a trailer, and he was doing catering events on the side. So eventually, I started doing those with them on the side, not as part of the restaurant because it was a separate separate business. But like I was working at the restaurant, and then you know we would do catering events on the weekends and stuff. So that was kind of like the taste of it, how I got into pizza, 
and what I did enjoy about doing that was like the freedom of catering. Like it was always an adventure. Like you were, you, you were never at the same place. Uh, you're always, you know, doing like weddings, you're doing a lot of special events for people. So where, where it was very important for these people to have these catered events and, um, and everybody was happy and it was just like, I was like, Oh, this is fun. Like, cause I like to travel. And so it was, it kind of worked for me at that time. I wasn't planning to ever like stay this long in the pizza business or in the restaurant business. And, you know, fast forward, uh, that was 2013. Now it's, now we're at 10 year mark right now. And that, you know, I, I started my business in the pandemic, you know, and the company I I was working for ended up moving to Nashville, Tennessee during the pandemic. And I wasn't going to make that move. So, um, I ended up just kind of doing these pop-ups during the pandemic out of like a one uh, uni oven that are little gas fired ovens. So I would do, I would do pop-ups and uh, I was just doing pizza the way I always wanted to do, you know, just from going to like these pizza expos and watching all these professional pizza makers that I looked up to. I'm like, this is kind of cool. Like if I was going to do pizza full time, this is how I would want to do it. Well, starting to ruin pandemic, that's, that's gotta be tough, right? How was it? I mean, and, to like start and you know, all the challenges that I'm sure you had to go through, right? Yeah. I mean, there was, it was, it was hard. Like it was, it was definitely hard. And, you know, I wasn't even a hundred percent sure if that was, uh, that's what I was going to do, but like I create, I, I was creating a, um, a, a space where people can buy pizza and get out of the house, you know, or, you know, get something different that, than, than that, what they were doing. And people were at the time, a lot of people were supporting their local community um, you know, I also did, I also taught yoga in Turlock. I was a yoga teacher. Uh, I now worked at a gym as well as a personal trainer. I, I was doing a lot of different things. So, you know, people would just show up and buy these pizzas and I would just do like, you know, like crazy toppings and like stuff that'd be like, Oh, that seems interesting. Like people want to try it, you know? And, uh, and I look back at it now, like the pizza it was good, but it wasn't that great, <laughs> you know, cause I had to learn everything all over again because I was, I didn't want to do the pizza that I was doing before with the, with the other company that I was working at. And I wanted to be a little bit more um, like I wanted to express more my, myself in the craft that I was doing. So I had to like relearn everything all over again, like from like learning how to make dough, understanding the science behind that. Like, and it was, it was a really big learning curve. Like it was huge, but you know, I, I spent hours and hours just like reading and watching videos and, trying to understand like all these methods of like fermentation and flavors, types of cheeses that are people are using and like, how can I access these, 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 these ingredients that, that I see these professionals make pizza with? Cause some of these things you just can't get at, at the grocery store. Oh yeah. I mean, there's some special ingredients. You have to probably go pretty far, right? <laughs> yeah. Get, they're just not grown here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Grown or like, so like, like cheeses, for instance, I use a very special cheese that, you can't buy it at a grocery store. It's, you know, it's a, it, the only sell to like restaurants and businesses. Mm. So, so eventually like I had to get, you know, business license and, and do all those things as well. So, so I can like open up these accounts so that I can get these purveyors to deliver ingredients to like the, ca- um, to the commissary that I was working out of. Wow. That's, that's really great actually, because it's good to have like a unique cheese and not have to, feel like, oh, I could just put this cheese and buy it at home, right? It makes it more exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. It was definitely a journey, um, you know, and I think what really like launched Sanctuary Pizza into like almost going full time was I did a pop-up, I was probably like in March of 2020. And what happened was I, I, I posted on social media. I was like, oh yeah, who wants to pick up, who wants pizza? Like I'm selling pizza for like 10, but it was very like affordable at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, like I'm gonna make these pizzas. You know, how many you guys want? You know, like, and I think I got like a hundred plus people. So yeah, we'll be there and pick up a pizza. And I'm like, okay, well, that gives me an idea, like what to make. I wasn't expecting a hundred people to show up, so I'm gonna make close to like almost a hundred, or like I'll, I'll make ninety pizzas. I think it was like ninety or or less than a hundred. And I was like, and then if if I run out, I run out. It just it is what. It is. And what happened was more than a hundred people showed up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And, and they all showed up at one time and I was thinking like, well, I could probably make all these pizzas out of like, out of one oven. Like mm-hmm. it's no problem. No, I definitely, it was in the weeds and uh, I needed help 
a lot and i think i was like it took me like eight hours to make all the pizzas for everybody but people were coming over and they were like walk into my backyard <laughs> like hey go is it gonna be a while it might be a while man i'm like sorry like i, I can try to expedite if i can you know <laughs> and they're like no i'll be right back i'm like okay, where are you going like so i'll be back this is cool and they'll come back the people were bringing beers um <laughs> I was like, oh, like, I don't think we're supposed to have a party in my backyard. It was like pizza party in my backyard during the pandemic. <laughs> oh, man. And, um, and you know, people were just hanging out. And it was, you know, it was, it was a great thing. It was, it was people like it was all my friends, family, people in my community, uh, you know, other entrepreneurs in town were just hanging out and just getting pizza, eating and leaving. Some people were like, you know, we're were like parking outside in the front so i was running pizzas out to the front on the streets people so they could you know take it and go and it was wild and i had two friends that helped me out they saw that i was in the weeds and they were like you need help and i looked at them like yeah i need a lot of help so and they helped me catch up you know i'm grateful for them as well um and that and that was like the day where sanctuary was born um because the next day my really good one of my good friends uh messaged me was and was telling me like that she was saying, Ryan, you know, your, your, your pizza pop-up yesterday was everybody's sanctuary for, for, from this pandemic. Now well, people wanted to hang out with each other. People missed each other. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, like that's a great name, like sanctuary. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to call it the sanctuary pop-up. It's a, it's a place of refuge, you know, like you can get a pizza and, you know, a very affordable pizza. You can hang out and that's what it's going to be like. And in the meantime, uh, you know, I was doing a couple pop-ups a month uh, out of the house and I was like delivering food for DoorDash because I, you know, I had to survive. I got to figure out how to make money. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, this could be an actual thing. And I need to invest more money into my business if this is going to be a business. So I started buying more ovens down the road. And eventually like I had, by the end of the year, I had three ovens. And then I was doing catering events by next year. And, you know, and then I do, I, and I, and I work with like local artists in the 209. Joe Aguilar is a really good friend of mine. I don't know if you, he was a stand stay. He, he, he started painting my ovens. He actually does a lot of my artwork, like for my business uh, logo. He painted my first oven. He painted actually three of my ovens. And, you know, and, and, and I wanted to incorporate art and local community so I can support people within my community as well. And then just, and then it just, it just blew up after, after 2020, it was like, like I knew like, this is what I was going to do. So I had to get ready for catering season and that took off and I was doing it with these gas fired ovens, which were really cool because they created a different experience where I can set up anywhere. Like I didn't have to be like limited where my wood fire oven would be. At. I didn't have a wood fire oven at the time, but what I used to work out of a wood fire oven, it was like, we can only pull that thing in, in certain places because it was so heavy and so big. So it created a different experience like doing these gas fired ovens, but also like I knew that that wasn't sustainable. And if I wanted business to grow, I needed a, to uh, scale up and get a, like a bigger oven that can handle bigger parties. 2021 was the year when I bought the wood fire oven in September. And, um, you know, I took a leap of faith of buying that oven. It was, I saw a pizza shop in L pizza catering company in LA that was doing some really cool stuff with pizza in vans. And so they were getting rid of like two of the wood fire ovens. And, um, I saw that the, the day he posted it and I just messaged him like, like, I'm really interested in buying your oven. And I go, I know the type of oven that you have. It's a very great oven in the, in the pizza industry. Like it's like one of the top, top three ovens you can get for like a restaurant mm. and you never see them for sale. Like everybody keeps those ovens for life. And I, I go, he said, he'll hold on to it for me. I thought those things were going to sell. And I end up driving down there two weeks later and he goes, oh yeah, it's like, it's $15,000. And I'm just like, okay. Um, and I, I looked at my bank account, like that's, that's, that's all that I have. Like, Ooh. yeah, I'm like, okay. Like this is like, <laughs> like I'm investing everything that I got into this oven and a truck to pull it now. And, you know, and, and we started talking and he's like, you know what, I'm going to give you a better deal. He gave it to me for a little cheaper, a few thousand dollars cheaper. And I was like, perfect. Like, like you didn't have to do that, but I'll take it. And I bought it and I was so nervous. Cause I was like, I was like, I just spent all my money on a wood fire oven 
and a truck. And now I'm like a hundred percent committed. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, I was shaking. I remember I was like, oh man, like if I, what happened? What if I don't, if I fail and what if I, I, I can't make it happen. And, and I was like, all right, well, I have to now, like my, my back's against the wall. I got to make it work. And it was like weird timing part of the year. It was like in late, late September. So like I wasn't doing that many catering events because like my setup was very tiny. So I couldn't handle bigger parties. So a lot of the parties that I wanted to do, I couldn't do. But now that I got this wood fire oven, now I have to like, now I have to do these parties, but nothing was, you know, coming in at the time. What happened was, uh, I, you know, I reached out to a couple of friends because I, I I needed money to pay like rent, bills and everything that I needed to get going for the next month. And I was like, I asked my friends, like, I need to just borrow a few thousand dollars. Like if it doesn't, because I'm not sure if I'm going to get any work yet, but I know work is coming. I just don't know when, but it's coming. I believe in it. And then um, two weeks later, after I got the oven, uh, my good friend from Victor from Big Vic's Barbecue hit me up. He was like, hey. There's a there's a catering event I'm doing in in Madera Fresno for a big almond company, and there's gonna be thousands of people there, and they're looking for another food vendor to come in and you know and um, supplement what I'm doing. Like, are you interested? I was like, Dude, I just bought a wood fire oven. I can handle some big parties. <laughs> so, so okay, perfect. So I got me in contact with that person, and you know, and it, it went from like 200 people to 600 people that I had to feed. Ooh. And I was like, okay, I, I've done parties this size in the past, but not by myself, not with my own company and not with the oven that I'm using now. So I was like, but I just said, yeah, I'll take it. And I quoted the person. It was like close to like what I spent on the oven, maybe a little bit more. And then, you know, it would, and it was, and, and we knocked that event out. Like it was like, it was very, it, 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 that was like the launching point, like another level chapter in my business where like, I did that party. It was very successful. People loved the pizzas and we just knocked it out of the park. And I was just like, like, okay, like, like this is, this is my life now. And <laughs> I'm going to be making pizza and I, I have to get better. I have to learn. I have, so, so, you know, I, I made myself compete at the pizza expo this year or well, last year in March. So I did my first pizza competition and, um, you know, learned even more, networked with a lot of people, got some more mentorship and, you know, and keep on gaining these new skills that I, that I like in pizza and learning how to do that and bring that here. And it, from there, we just, you know, like it just, we keep on growing. Like we're starting to introducing new styles. Like we can do this out of the oven and we can introduce it in a catering aspect and create a whole different experience that no one's seeing here. So. Oh, that, that's really interesting story right there. And I'm glad that you were able to see your kind of ROI on the oven like so quick, right? So yeah. you didn't have to, you know, worry <laughs> as much because yeah, that's that's a big purchase. And I, I can imagine, you know, it's like you put everything to it and then you know, just to have those thoughts of like if it doesn't work out, what am I gonna do with this? <laughs> yeah, oven, yeah, right. And or how long is it gonna take for it to like pay off too, right? Yeah. So that yeah. that was uh just in the nick of time, right? To get that event. And not just that, but it's like you leave a good, you know, memory of your food with them. They're going to want to have you back anytime they do events. And the people there, right? The word of mouth, which, you know, I always say is the best form of marketing, right? And that's that's what, you know, goes on. And one person tells the other, and before you know it, you have a lot of people, before you know it, you're booked and you're telling people like, I actually can't do that day. And then you're having to like, you know, reject business, right? Because you have so much already. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm only one person, so we can one oven, so we can only do so much jobs in a week and in a month. And it's, it's crazy to see the growth in just two years. You know, when I really think about it, like March, March something of the pandemic was when I really started making pizzas. And there were such like these like uh, pivotal points in the in the the journey of this of pizza that I'm doing that just kept on like catapulting me even further and challenging me to um to get better and it, it, i just started fall, falling in love with that process i'm like this is awesome like like you know it's it's uh i get to have a new life that that i didn't know i could have yeah no that's that's really awesome 
Well, you know, kind of going through your Instagram, I know that you've had different kinds of pizzas, like you were mentioning earlier. Like, yeah. what what are some of those pizzas? I know there's probably like a ton of them, but what are like some of your more popular ones? Maybe aside of like maybe regular pepperoni, right? Because that yeah, might be a, most a popular one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's um, our pepperoni. We use like our like you know that's always gonna be our most popular. I use a lot of local ingredients as much as I can. Like Stanislaus Foods is, you know, the biggest t- tomato company in the United States and and the number one pizza tomato in the United States. You go to the, you go to New York, Chicago, all all over through the United States. If it's a pizzeria, eight out of ten pizzerias probably has Stanislaus tomatoes. And to have to see that connection, like, oh, this is like this is this is this is my community. This is where I'm from. And we grow the best tomatoes for the best pizzas in the world. And if not the United States, and then people are using products from the 209. Like in my mind, I'm like, why can't there be world-class pizza in the 209? If we grow world-class olive oil for all the pizzerias, world-class tomatoes, we have a lot of the dairies here already. Like, why can't we have something that's world-class that people see on social media and want to have as well? Like I can make that. Yeah, that's really amazing, right? To to know that, and I mean, probably most of the pizza could come from here, right? Because, like you said, we grow that, and maybe the bread would have to be sourced elsewhere. But if it's the ingredients, yeah, like you said, yeah, most of the time, even the meats too, right? I mean, we have we have the meats too. <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean, we have everything here. So, like, there's it's we're we're we grow we grow all our food, and the majority of it gets shipped out of here, you know, to like bigger cities and. So it's like, like, why, why do we have to settle for subpar food here in the 209 when, when everything that's the best is grown here and used elsewhere? Yeah. So same ingredients, <laughs> same ingredients grown here. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's where, where I'm at now. I, I mean, now I'm like, um, I'm refining where I'm at now is refining more of my uh, techniques and skills. When it comes to like uh, like fermentations and dough mixing and and uh, like the styles of pizza that I'm doing, we're more we we scaled it down to more of what I see is really popular and trending in the pizza world that we're not seeing here yet, and also like certain flavors that I get from my travels. So I got I just got back from New York on Saturday morning. You know, and every time I go out to the East Coast, I, I just get inspired. I come back with new ideas, like, like we got to start doing this back in the 209. Like, no one's really doing this yet. And also, this is like, like people deserve this. Well, speaking of that, what are some uh, kinds of pizzas that you've brought to a 209 that you're like, I've never seen here? And you're probably one of the few, if maybe the only one that, that sells that pizza. Well, yeah, you know, um, like doing vodka sauce on pizzas. Um, I mean, I think there's a, there's, uh, my really good friend um, Marcus from Hello Pie and Tracy, like he's done a vodka sauce pizza, but like doing like vodka sauce on pizza is is really like a big East Coast thing, and doing uh doing what it with like the three different sauces I call it the Holy Trinity. That's like, it's gonna be vodka sauce, tomato sauce, and pesto. And you can see on my Instagram, there's like it looks like stripes or it's like different spot spots all over the pizza. And we, you know we always like to add ricotta on pizza, burrata on pizza. Uh, a lot of a lot of places around here, or if not catering co- pizza companies, don't do that. Like if you if you hire us to do a catering event for you, like you will have burrata on pizzas, you will have ricotta on pizzas. We're gonna put hot honey on pizzas. We're gonna do like like pizzas that are very like popular in pizzerias around the around the country, and also like stuff that's coming out of New York. What they're doing, and um, like a vodka roni. Like I just I started doing vodka ronis because you know on the East Coast, like a lot of my friends will do uh, vodka pepperoni. Well, they do cheese pepperoni, and they'll add a, a cooked vodka sauce after the the bake, and it looks really cool. It's probably one of my favorite pizzas right now to eat, and also like no one else is doing it here uh, quite yet. Well, yeah, that's that's interesting to kind of uh, hear that you know, and just imagine what that tastes like. I've never had a pizza like that, but. You know, I mean, I've had record on pizza and it's pretty good. I mean, it doesn't compare to any other cheese, I'd, I'd say, right? I mean, mozzarella is good, but ricotta yeah. is like another level, I, I'd yeah. say, in cheese. Yeah, and, you know, and, and it's, it's the way you use it. You can do it like after the bake or put with the bake, cook it with it. But it's, you know, it's it's not something that you get a lot 
in pizzerias here in the 209. Um, it's very few. Like, and if it's, I can only think of like three spots within like a 40 mile radius from Turlock that are doing cool pizzas like that, um, are like, like craft style pizzas. Once you get into Fresno, there, it's, it's definitely that scene is definitely starting to pick up. But um, like Merced has a spot, a uh, little oven, uh, Helipi and Tracy and Lodi, Guantonio's Bont- uh, wood fire. Like those are like the three spots I think in the 209 that are, are really doing really cool things with pizza. And then, you know, as for caterers, I think I'm the only one that's like really doing that at a catering level for pizza. So why would you say that's the case? It's very craft. Like it's very artisanal looking and, And it adds a different like aesthetic look. So, and I love mm. details and I love aesthetics. So, like, this make the pizzas look pretty. Like, pizzas can be really cheap and affordable to eat, and also you can make a pizza that's very elevated, mm-hmm. and also like will bring a whole different level of flavor and textures that no one's ever experienced here. No, that's really good because you have people posting on Instagram and they want to get that like you know food picture there, and you know that I always say that you know anytime I go to a restaurant if If it's of the you know thing you're about to eat isn't like laid out well, right? And and you're like you know it could have been this simple to maybe move this with that or like reorganize this, and then you would have had me taking a picture and sharing it, and then everyone's seeing that. Yeah. Why not do it right? Because most people do that, and if you don't have anything so good, you, you don't even want to share it. And if you do share it, everyone's kind of seeing something that doesn't look as great, right? Because like you said, people really like that aesthetically looking like pizza or it could just be any other kind of food right and you know that affects it right it could be something really good but if it doesn't like look aesthetically good people might not even want to try it right so yeah yeah like it's you eat with your eyes first right so yeah. <laughs> you know when i make when i make pizza like i'm looking at it i'm look i might not have i might not taste the pizza but i'm looking at it and i'm tasting it with my eyes i'm like placing like the cheese and sauce in a certain way putting on the ricotta on a certain way or burrata and adding olive oil like in my mind i'm looking at it and i don't know how these all these flavors are going to work together so when that person eats that pizza they're gonna be like oh wow this is nothing like i've ever had here and then you know it's very every once in a while you get someone who's a pizza head and i'm like oh that yeah, like it like they understand and they know pizza and so those those conversations are different too and i and i do enjoy those as well So as far as the catering that you've done, uh, aside from the one you mentioned earlier, like, are there any other like memorable ones that you're like, you know, these are some of my favorite catering projects that, that I've done? I, when I worked for the other company, uh, we've done a lot of cool, cool catering jobs for like, you know, like for Google, uh, a luxury car sales company in Los Gatos, where they have like, you know, Bugattis and they'll have us out there all the time doing parties for them. It's t- it's taken me all over. I mean, for my own company, I, I, I after my competition in Vegas, I did a catering event like the following week for Cheech and Chong in LA. So I drove straight to LA from my, you know Turlock, and then and I, I did a catering event for Cheech and Chong with another pizza friend who's from the East Coast. So I brought my equipment and we just knocked that party out for them. That was you know that was like a, a really big highlight moment um, in my pizza career last year also like the one in Mer- the big party for 600 people because there was like joan jett was there john party he was like a pretty well-known country singer was there and they're, they're eating the pizza as well too so i definitely enjoyed all that stuff and but you know like like my most memorable parties are always where i see my um like my team members grow and they get better like like watching them like evolve Like those those parties are the best parties for me because I can see my guys be like, like the like a light switch would hit in their head. They're like, oh, I get it now. I know how to stretch pizza, and I can do this now. I'm like, yes, those, like those are always gonna be my favorite type of parties where like where I see my my teammates and my and my employees get you know uh, evolve as the business grows. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, I know it's probably not that easy to make pizza. I mean, I'm just kind of just looking at it from an outsider who hasn't <laughs> made a pizza before. But you know, anytime I've gone to like you know one of the chain pizza restaurants that you actually see people making the dough and all that, I see them kind of struggle sometimes. So I'm just like, I I wouldn't want to imagine like spinning the bread and all that. So yeah, I can I can 100% like agree that you know you would probably feel really great to see someone <laughs> you know actually go through the steps and actually make a pizza like you make the pizza too right that's when you know yeah. like okay everything will be consistent 
you know, all the clientele, they're going to see the same kind of work. And if, you know, for some reason you can't go, or maybe in the future, you know, you have multiple jobs on the same day, you can kind of trust your team to actually, you know, deliver the same pizza, even if you're not there at that event. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, it, the, 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 the great thing, the thing I love about like uh, making pizza by hand, like hand tossing it, um, it's like a thumbprint, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like my pizzas are always going to look different than my employees pizza, but like, and it's also like their signature and it's not saying mine is better than theirs. Like I enjoy looking at like their style mm-hmm. and like, and then I'm, and then I'm coaching them through that. And like, and then that's, and that that's unique to them. And the pizza still looks great and beautiful at the end of the day. And, um, you know, to me, I, I like to see pizzas that look like they have a little bit of imper- imperfection and also made with somebody's hands, you know, versus like a machine uh, that we're all used to here in, in the Valley. Do, do you have some kind of pizzas that like you've kind of, I'm not going to say like trademarked, right? Because, you know, there's, there's probably like variations of different ones, but is there like a pizza that you call like the 209 pizza or like, you know, one of those like local name kind of sorts, or are you kind of still working on kind of figuring out that like 209 pizza of sorts? You know what? No, I, I mean, back in the day, I would do stuff with like, like, uh, with like Mexican, Mexican ingredients. I, I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, my family's from Colombia, and uh, but I growing up in the Central Valley, like, you know, I'm pretty much Mexican. Like, I always tell people, <laughs> I was like, my family's from Colombia, but like, I was raised Mexican in the 209. And so, like, I eat a lot of Mexican food. So, I got, I used to do pizzas with mole. That was like Ooh. one of the most popular pizza. And I would do one with, one, uh, with the salsa verde there. And you know, with chorizo, like I would, like I was playing around with a lot of like Latino and Mexican ingredients, and adding it on pizza because you know, like Mexico and Colombia, there's amazing cheeses already. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of different sauces, so like, why can't that be on a pizza? And how could I uh, express myself in a way where, like, you know, these these are the flavors I grew up on, but I'm putting it on a pizza and making it work. You know, wow, that's really cool. Like actually being able to to see those kinds of pizzas and people be able to, you know, it's like still enjoy a part of their food. Right. But at the same time also have a part of like another food. Right. Yes. 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 Like, it's like, Oh yeah. Like these are familiar flavors to me, but it's on a pizza and it works, you know? So like, you know, the mole pizza, I call it, I called it the free, the Frida. So, cause when I went to Mexico city uh, in 2020, we we had mole and it was like near the Frida's house. And I was like, dude, I gotta put, I gotta make a pizza with mole when I get, I gotta make a pizza with mole because it's so good. And 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 it, you know, it that was like you know, a lot of people loved it. You know, that was a, a very popular pizza at the time for me. But it was very labor intensive because making mole is <laughs> fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've heard too from family members who who do that. Speaking of Mexico too, at one time when I went to a Domino's pizza up there. I actually saw a pizza that actually had beans and jalapenos on it. I didn't try it. I, I was thinking about it, but, uh, you know, I had to try just, just the regular pepperoni because I want to do comparison. And my opinion, it tastes better over there than here. I think they yeah. use different ingredients, but the pizza over there is uh, on point, I think, than like the Domino's pizza here. But yeah. I just thought it was kind of funny to see a pizza that had, you know, beans and jalapenos on it, too. So, yeah. I don't know if you, you put beans on yours ever, but I've never put beans. Uh, I've done like hot Cheetos and like a corn, like, like a elote style pizza. Okay. Uh, you know, th- those are, you know, those are definitely fun to do. I know in, in Colombia, we um, like chicken and corn and pineapple on pizza is like very like popular. That's like, you know, chicken pizza, whatever it is with corn, like that's like their thing over there. So like to to go to these different countries and like different even regions of the United States and like what they like on their pizzas like it's always like cool for me I'm like oh like I'm not grossed out by it like I might question it and um, but I'll try it you know and maybe I'll learn something from it I mean the one of the best pizzas I had in in Colombia one time was there was this pizzeria in my in this little village town where my dad's from like it's like 3000 people and i'm like i'm walking i'm walking through the neighborhood and there's like on the corner there's like a little restaurant house you know that, you know you know how it is in mexico and colombia it's people's houses are their business too as well and there was a guy making pizza i saw him hand tossing making pizza and i was like oh what's going on here so like, <laughs> i put my i walk it is before i started my my business i walked in there and i started talking to the guy and you know next thing you know like like he's making me pizza we're talking he finds out that 
that he knows my whole family and his mom was like best friends with my dad and and then also all their family came to say hi to me because like they're like like you know i was this you know the son of this person and everyone wanted to meet me and they were making pizza and it was really cool and he made me pizza he called the colombiana and i i'm trying to remember what was on it but it was um like like sweet bananas like he sliced up bananas oh, okay. had bacon tocineta um olives i believe and some sort of like pepperoni type of thing and and I was like, looking at it, he's like, this pizza is really good. It's one of our most popular pizzas. And I was like, they're like, I don't know, I don't know if I could do this. Like, I don't know if I can eat this. It's not, it's not with my palate. And then I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to learn something here. And I ate it. And it was like one of the best pizzas I ever had in my life. I was like, how did all those flavors work wow. with the plat with the with the banana, not platinum, but banana? And I was like, this is good. And I, and you know, it, it created a memory that stuck with me to the you know for life. I'll never forget that pizza. So. When I go back to Colombia, like uh, that's one of the things I'm going to eat, and probably get the list of ingredients right. Bring it yeah. over here and see if uh, see if I can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be really unique, and I could see a lot of people getting it. You know, if it's one of those things that you know you don't know until you try it, and when you try it, you're like, "This is so good." And like you said, I don't know how, but yeah. But, well, uh, you know, just, yeah. if you look at if you look at food cultures, like 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 my my friends from Sinaloa, and they eat rice with banana they slice up bananas and put oh, it in and i'm like i go you guys do that so yeah i'm like i go that's like to me that's very colombian because in colombia you'll have lunch is the biggest meal of the day so you'll have like a very savory meal and you eat it with a banana like always mm. and it was like to me i was like why is that why is that work you know like it's like their palate is savory and sweet <laughs> and it works like it works and you know they have a bunch of bananas so like you eat bananas with everything that you you eat <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those things right it's like in you know uh, places where there's a beach there's more coconut products right and islands as well and people mm -hmm. know how to mix them yeah <laughs> yeah what kind of crust would you say that you get like asked to do the most um you know i do a lot of detroit style pizzas so you know in my catering service we do we do a we you, we get all the styles so you know you're gonna get like our neo new york style it's like a like a hybrid between like Neapolitan and New York, and we're gonna, we're doing Detroit style pizza, which is like the ones in the pan, and we're doing Sicilian style pizzas. We'll do calzones, we'll do strombolis. So not necessarily we're we're selling pizza, we're selling an experience. Mm -hmm. you, you hire me for an experience to have like this amazing pizza uh, buffet style service mm -hmm. where you get all these different styles of pizza not just one kind of a topping you're gonna get you know i bring all these ingredients that and i can make so many combinations with these ingredients and i'm gonna make pizzas that that i've had like at expo like the pizza expo that i go to or when i go to new york like i'll recreate these pizzas and be like try it like this try this and people are like oh i've never had anything so good like that for the most part and i think that's what you have to focus on when you're doing catering if it was a sales like if i was doing sales then i just keep it very simple but if you're, you want to create like an experience you want to like do pizzas in my opinion that people will always remember like i had this vaccaroni you know what if it was the first time having a vaccaroni you know they're going to probably see it like in san francisco they're going to have it and they'll be like like oh man but ryan did i had ryan's first like like and now i like it and i had to go, go try it somewhere else you know or detroit style pizza people are like i see these on on social media all the time and i don't know where to get it but i do them for catering events sometimes i'll do pop-ups and people will do those but you, you can get it here you know like it's 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 not accessible every day but like it's also like if you hire me for a catering event you will get a detroit style pizza like that's that's guaranteed <laughs> <laughs> no that's really cool i mean it, it is really nice to be able to leave a memory in someone's mind because uh, I, I can't remember the first time I had like say little Caesars right yeah <laughs> and pizza unique definitely because it's things that you know you can't get around here and then beyond that right it's just it's just something out of the ordinary it's not something that you you get to try each week especially if it's you know at a catering event yeah. kind of one of those things where it might just be like once or maybe twice a year that you get to yeah. try yeah unless you get invited to more <laughs> multiple yeah. events that are uh, uh, hosted by you what i take away from it and what i love to hear is you know like people who've had like a, a really good quality pizza you know 
they'll be like, man, I had your pizza. And now I look at every other pizza differently. When I eat pizza from little Caesars, I'm just like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> like not, not saying it sucks, but like, they're like, they're like, yeah, it's not the same. I'm like, yeah. Like that's, you know, years and years of me, like putting in a lot of work to get that pizza where it's at now. And also by next year, it's going to be different because I'm going to have more knowledge and more reps in, and I'm going to like get better. And I'm going to understand like, like, this is how it's got to be better. You know, like I'm always striving to, to evolve the process and get better and provide a better product. And I always like to tell people, like, if you had my pizza two years ago during the pandemic and you haven't had it now, like it's totally a different pizza. It's so much better. There's so much thought into it, so much care, uh, so much love into it that it's a different, totally different pizza. And it's going to keep on changing. That's cool because, you know, that that just, like you said earlier, creates a different experience for people. And it's like, you get to try it the next year at the same event. Yeah, <laughs> It's going to be a whole different thing. So, yeah, that's that's awesome to hear that. I feel like more um, places should try to evolve and do that and, you know, have more... Um, ingredients offered for different food products and whatnot but i, I want to know more thinking towards the future like do you ever see yourself maybe having like a actual business where you can actually like serve more people and people don't have to wait till their company does the catering event again or what, yeah. what, what's what are your plans kind of thinking ahead um you know like it's like i always looked at like like if if i would have told you my business plan last year it it changed now it's totally different <laughs> and i i would love to offer a place where we, we sell pizza and i think maybe i might go to like a ghost kitchen option where mm-hmm. it's like you know maybe like a monthly or weekly like subscription style pizza menu where like you pay in advance and then we'll make your pizzas for the week or for the month it might be once a month or twice twice a month or you know and be more catering focused and uh but also like having trade like like food truck trailers where we can do sales events where you can pick up uh these styles of pizza and but focus on the quality versus the volume and the craft and it and just and just and executing like the best pizza that we can make no that's good i mean uh, you know you got to focus on that right because the moment you do more volume it's easy for quality to get lost i mean we've seen it with a lot of restaurants right and yeah. when they start opening a lot of uh, franchises, that's when you lose control. And all it takes is one bad experience with someone's food for someone to be like, you know what, I, I'm i not going back there or I'm not yeah. going to get that, you know, catering event again. And yeah, it, like you're right, it's it's a big deal. So it's it's good you guys are kind of, um, you know, trying to do that. W- what are the plans for the business like this year? Like, do you have any pop-ups that you already know that you're going to be going to, a- events that you're attending as well? Yeah, we're, there's there's a couple uh, collab events that we're working on. Uh, Big Vic's Barbecue, uh, Confucius Eats in Modesto, you know, possibly Alchemy Bread as well uh, in Modesto. So we're you know we're looking to do some like pop ups there. You know, we're definitely still focused on catering because that's you know that's our that's our, our our foundation of the business. But yeah, I definitely want to start working on doing more concepts where we're we're where we're selling pizza monthly to people might not be every day right now but it might be like once a week or once a month or every two weeks where we're, we're selling like uh like an, like a certain amount like hey this week we're, we're only selling 100 pizzas get on the list and prepay now you know and this is the pizza this is the pizza of the week or pizza of the month that we're doing and it, it'll be like a very elevated style pizza it won't be like your basic pizza that you can get anywhere else <laughs> That sounds really cool. If you're able to do that, I feel like people are going to have to like just pre-order real quick as it's probably going to get to whatever the max is. I mean, you mentioned earlier with, uh, you know, how many people ended up going more, like double what you thought would go that for that yeah. one event. So I can only imagine you put that out. People are going to be like, you know, just take my money, right? Like they say, like yeah. the meme says, <laughs> basically. <laughs> what you shut up and take my money, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be s- sustainable for me. I don't want to feel like like if I'm I'm not a machine, I'm a human first. So like I don't want to be like just pushing myself to the ground just to to sell like a, a few hundred pizzas in a month. Like I want to focus like really like the art of it, the craft of it, and just you know, and it's and slowly work up to building it to where it's like a well polished machine, but like everything is you know 
working the way it should work and people are taking care of the way they need to be taken care of. Cool. Well, yeah, I think if it ends up working out, it might be a concept that you might even see other local spots try to implement too. Be like, hey, I want to, I want to do that too. I want to have a, like you said, a subscription based kind of thing. It's, a, it's like the first time I'm hearing of that too. So I, I could see it working out like really great with uh, pizza, especially because it's special pizza. It's not your everyday. Cause I, I, I w- couldn't see anyone being like, Oh, I'm going to reserve my pepperoni pizza for the week. And <laughs> yeah. no, it's not going to be yeah, like, I could, I, yeah, I want it to be a little bit better, better quality. I mean, if we do a pepperoni, it's going to be a way elevated pepperoni than, than, than you see like at stores. So it's like, we just want to, I just want to, I just want to be authentic to who I am and express myself in a way and also do it in a sustainable way. That's not going to um, like run me to the ground because, you know, we're, we're still growing. We're small. We don't have like the talent pool, like we do in LA, New York, where they have a lot of like pizza makers so they can like, you know, have better teams. So I'm like slowly just building that here as much as I can. That's cool. And I'm sure, you know, it's going to grow and it's going to get to that point. And, you know, we're going to look back and be like, well, that happened so quick. Right. Cause like you said, the business just grew really quick and just a few months, right. Basically at this point, cause it hasn't been that long. And you know, now you're where you're at. So I, I can only imagine like it's probably going to keep on growing, especially, you know, as, as you get more uh, team members and more events and whatnot. So, yes, yes, that's the goal. One last thing before I let you go, um, where can people follow the business? And if people want to do like catering orders, like what's the process like? Yeah, so you can find us on uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram. We have a Twitter facebook as well and then and, and, the, and the, all the handles are the same it's sanctuary underscore pizza for all those handles for all those platforms we do have like a link on our instagram page and a, where you can inquiry for our services and you just fill out the form and and we'll we'll try to get back to you at, as fast as we can we've been we've been struggling a little bit doing that but uh that's one of my goals is to build more systems this year to to uh create a better experience booking experience versus like a pizza experience as well so uh but that's where you can find us that's how you can book us you can always shoot me a dm if you have trouble with that and and i'll get you the link and you can fill that up and then um you know i try to reply back to everybody as fast as i can i'm pretty good about that and you know just you know even commenting on our on our on our posts like we try to reply back to that as well so our engagement is pretty good i would think so yeah, no, I agree for sure. It has definitely been cool. Well, I'll definitely, you know, try to make it to the next pop-up you guys have, especially if it's here in the 209, uh, to try some of the pizza and you know, share it with uh, friends and family too and, you know, get them to taste some uh, unique pizza here in the Valley and yeah. take a break from, <laughs> you know, the fast food pizza. So uh, yes. you have to let me know whenever you guys have a, another pop-up and, and where it'll be at. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then, uh, you know, if, if that's not the case, I'll just, you know, I do a lot of research and development. So I do give away a lot of free pizza during the week when I when I'm doing stuff like that. So I'll just hit you up and be like, hey, I got I got I, I need you to try this pizza out for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, that, that sounds good. Yeah. Cool. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show again. Appreciate all the support to the podcast and, you know, best of luck for the business. And you know, hopefully, you know, someday we could do a live show where you're actually, you know, making the pizza. You could show everyone, you know, a, a little live about, you know, the pizza process and you know, just show what it's like to make a pizza. I think that would make a really cool video to show the process from, you know, making the dough to the finished product. Definitely. Yeah, I would love to do that. You know, just let me know what, what you know, what works for you, then we'll make it happen. And, and you know, and also thank you for having me on here. I'm very grateful that you that, you know, that that we, we made this happen and even sharing a little bit of my story, you know, um, you know, there's so much more to talk about and, you know, eventually, you know, if you, we, if we could, we could probably do another show all about like this other stuff as well that I do. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to be doing live shows sometime in the future. So I'll be bringing back a lot of guests from, uh, the first 50 episodes or so. So that's yeah. definitely going to be happening sometime. I love that. I love that. I appreciate you. Thank you. Once again, thank you to Ryan Mondragon for being on the podcast. Really interesting business concept. One that I haven't heard of here in the 209, having a mobile pizza catering business, at least 
it's not maybe as big as it might be in other bigger cities. And the fact that we're getting pizza that might just be introduced to the 209 for the first time is really awesome because that's how you spark a growth in any kind of food product that you have out there. We saw it with Romero's Cocina, with Liz Romero, uh, having birria, quesabirria, and something that hadn't really been sold as much here in the 209. All of a sudden, you start seeing birria businesses pop up everywhere here in the area. And same concept here at the pizza. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing more pizza players here in the area actually start to sell pizzas that are you know a little bit more innovative, just like Ryan's as well. And you know, it takes someone to pioneer that in the area. And Ryan is clearly the one to uh, do that here with pizza. So can't wait to try the pizza. And if you actually have an event going on and you want to have catering, feel free to check out Ryan's business. Go to his uh, social media pages, as he mentioned, Sanctuary underscore pizza on uh, most of the top social media apps out there. And his website, sanctuary-pizza.com has a form that you can fill out there. So Definitely consider having his business uh, come cater at your next event and try out the pizza. I can't wait. And whenever I do actually go out to a pop-up event, I'll probably be doing a live stream on Instagram. So again, follow the Instagram page at the 209 Journey because I'm going to be probably doing some spontaneous live shows once I hit 200 followers. And I'm not that far off from that as of this recording. Maybe after you listen to it, maybe I've already passed the follower account but uh, as of this recording i'm currently at 178 followers so not too far from that number but my goal at the end of the year is to have 500 followers on instagram and i think i can do it i think it might even be more than that but i'm setting myself a goal of 500 followers so if you haven't followed it yet check it out share it with everyone in the area let's let's get more people on there and you know, that's that's when I'll be doing more live shows once I have more followers, because I want to make sure that more people are able to view those, leave comments and whatnot. So uh, you'll definitely help uh, grow that and make sure that more live shows happen whenever there's an event in the 209, or maybe I'm going to a business that I've interviewed, or maybe the one that I haven't interviewed yet, just to tell everyone how great of an experience I had. I want to be able to showcase different places and things to do here in the 209 and with your support i'll do more of those uh, live show content and also with your subscription to youtube on the youtube channel at the 209 journey on there as well i'll be doing more videos and i'll be highlighting more places there so check it out if you want to listen to episodes on there if you want to leave comments on episodes that's an avenue to actually be able to interact with the episodes as well. I know currently with this podcast format on the apps, there really isn't a way to leave comments unless you leave a comment on social media. But if you do want to use the YouTube platform to leave your comments on any of the episodes that I've had thus far, feel free uh, to do so there as well. And if you have people that you want to see featured here on the 209 journey, or maybe you want me to do a video feature on them, feel free to send me a message on social media again at the 209 journey on most of the platforms out there. And I'll be sure to respond to you and see whether a podcast format might be best, whether maybe I should go out and take some video to post on YouTube later on. We'll get that figured out, or maybe I could do a live show as well. So feel free to do that. And I do really appreciate everyone who's been sending messages. I've gotten a couple of referrals already and I'm working on getting some of those interviews set up as well. So be on the lookout. And with that being said, I am actually on a weekly schedule now and I'm feeling more confident than ever before that I am going to be posting episodes weekly, every Thursday, every Thursday morning, um, you're going to have an episode there. And as I like to say, if you want to listen to it while you're driving, uh, while you're at the gym, you're going to have that from the morning on Thursday on. So uh, just making sure that all y'all can have something to listen to in the morning and maybe looking forward to Thursdays, um, not just because it's close to Friday and if you work a Monday through Friday schedule, that might be the day that you look forward to, but also to be able to have something to uh, get you through uh, Thursday as well. Well, thank you so much everyone for listening to the podcast tonight. 
and you'll hear me next Thursday here on the 209 Journey Podcast.